My name is Scott Harris. Welcome to the Dairy Dive. Today we're going to talk about fresh cow intervention. So buckle up because we're diving deep. First of all, we hope we can try to educate you so you learn just a little bit, a little bit. My whole life's been dairy farming. Some days he wonders why he ever milked cows. It's kind of just in the blood around here. I don't know what it is, but we like livestock. Buckle up. The Dairy Dive starts now. Oh, I thought you were going. I was humming my hum, my, the song in my head. Well, welcome back to the Dairy Dive. I'm Hi, Andrew. Here. Hello, Scott. You're here. Hi. We're recording in the studio. It's it's wonderful. I love it. It's it's probably one of my favorite things we do. It's a uh, it's a nice change of pace from all the other duties and things that are assigned to us. So uh, we are glad to to share part of our day with you, podcast listener, and. Uh, and Nathan Upaw will also be glad to share part of his day with you here in just a minute. Yeah, Nathan did a, was a great guest, uh, did a really good job, talked about a topic that I uh, know very little about, which that could be a lot of things. But like You're going to have to be more specific, <clears throat> Scott. I, I was trying to beat you to the punch on that. But <laughs> uh, but no, it was very interesting talk, you know, transitioning and what that looks like. Uh, from from a dairy cow standpoint, and and there's all that's a there's a lot of cost in that um, if you're doing it incorrectly. And so so yeah, Nathan Upaw is with uh, Tech Mix Global, and he is going to talk to us specifically about uh, five outcomes that are necessary to prepare every cow for a successful 305 day lactation. Yes, this is accurate, and uh, learned a lot. There was definitely some of that that. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I want you to make sure you listen to the entire podcast. Hear, hear it but, from him. Yeah, absolutely from him. But there was a couple of aspects I thought were really big um, that uh, I think you'll, uh, if you're in the industry, you're going to find uh, valuable and want to dive off and learn a little bit more. Well, I could pretend like we could, you know, really extend this intro out and, and do a fantastic job, but... We just don't know much about fresh cow interventions, and Nathan Upaw does. So if you are interested in that, why don't you just stick around for about 20 seconds through this next little transition in the podcast, and we'll hear from Nathan Upaw. Sounds good. All right, so we're going to actually bring in our guest, Nathan Upaw. And Nathan is with Tech Mix, and he's going to uh, shed some light on this uh, fresh cow uh, intervention that we've been talking about and I love the title of the article Nathan I thought it was really good it really caught my interest right out of the gate um, it's a it's a phrase that's known by a lot of people but yet has so much meaning you know losing you know missing the forest for the trees but to, before we jump into that why don't you tell us Nate who you are I don't know if you like to be called Nate I should, shouldn't assume that you like to be called Nate some guys don't like to be called Nate but Nathan <laughs> why don't you kind of tell us who you are uh, what you do and uh, you know, company you work for and where you're located. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me first and foremost. Um, I, my name is Nathan Upa. I'm the ruminant technical leader for TechMix. Um, sounds like a, a fancier title than what it is, but um, wear a lot of different hats. TechMix is a small company. Uh, we are we're focused primarily on providing nutritional support or, or health support of the animal during high stress times. Um, during times when they may not be eating or drinking readily. Um, hydration is a huge component, a huge focus of that. Uh, my role here is I'm 
involved in a couple different facets of our business. One of that, those is new product development. Another one of those is is research and investigation, both of new concepts and and our current existing product portfolio. And then the the third component is really a technical support piece, um, supporting our, our territory sales managers in the United States and internationally. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I understand what you mean. You know, my title is brand manager. That sounds really important. <laughs> Um, you know, but I, I don't know how actually important it is, but it sounds really important if you, if somebody doesn't know any better, right? <laughs> right, right. But uh, no, so your, your article is really good. And, uh, the, going back to kind of where I opened this podcast and the discussion with you is the statement that you talk about and kind of the article is, um, you start the article by referencing the phrase, uh, missing the forest for the trees. What do you, how do you draw this comparison when you're talking about fresh cow intervention? Kind of draw that line for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so a lot of this predates me even, uh, Techmix was a, a company founded in 1983. Um, and one of our, our first ruminant products that came out wasn't until about 15 years later. Um, but was the, the product YMCP and YMCP stands for yeast, magnesium, calcium, and potassium. Um, there's a bun- bunch of other things in that that product, but it was a fresh cow drench, and it was designed really to help support the animal on, on multiple platforms um, across her, her nutritional plane. And, you know, so when we back up and when we think about missing the forest for the trees, right, what, is that, what does that saying mean? Well, it means sometimes we're staring right at the answer in front of us, and, and we can't realize it because we're so focused on, on another detail. Um, I think largely during that time since 1998, when YMCP was was launched, to today, almost you know, almost 30 years later, um, we we've seen tremendous change in how we evaluate fresh cow health. Um, we've we've gone to a, a real focus on prevention of hypocalcemia and and if you will using that as the gauge or the metric by which we're trying to evaluate and see what the level of of their of that tank is if again using an analogy looking at blood calcium levels and and being really focused on that and and I fully understand that right rewind the clock or or even today right what's the worst thing that happens and that's that's a clinical milk fever case right that delays and, and messes up a dairy's entire day that messes up that cow for for the rest of her lactation and we absolutely want to avoid that but with some of the advent of decad diets and and the way we manage cows today milk fevers become a lot less prevalent than clinical milk fevers have become a lot less prevalent than they were a decade or two decades ago but we're still using hypocalcemia as as the barometer but what's really interesting, I think, is when you get into it and you start to study the literature and, and what science is starting to explain and lay out for us, there's two drains on that calcium sink, whereas maybe two or three decades ago, we didn't know or fully understand that. We always thought or associated hypocalcemia to be a problem associated with high production, right? That cow's mobilizing more calcium to support lactation. She's making a lot of milk, a tremendous amount of milk. And, and she doesn't have the calcium stores to support that. What we've learned today is that's still true. That's still absolutely true. But another piece of that puzzle is when that cow's sick, she mobilizes 
her blood calcium, her body calcium stores. And she will become hypocalcemic. She will present as a hypocalcemic cow, even if she's not producing copious amounts of milk. And that's that makes it really difficult to make a diagnosis on a cow of, you know, is she healthy? Is she not? Is she is this just a, a production problem or is this an animal health problem? Um, and I think, you know, as we've, again, relating this back to missing the forest for the trees, our focus all along has been on how do we make more fresh cows be healthy and successful as they transition into lactation. But we've we've isolated ourselves yeah, to look at one parameter. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, I think you can you can relate this a lot, I'm guessing, um, to you know, when you think about the last, you know, 30 years, let's say, 25 years, whatever, um, you talk, you hit on this a little bit that there's been a lot of changes there. But I think in the industry overall, there's a lot more consideration of, you know, what we're doing in fresh cows, in lactating cows, what we're doing even in calf starter, all these things that are that are having such a huge impact throughout a, a cow's entire lifetime. Where I think maybe yep. in the past the industry might have been notorious for just looking in that moment, looking in that 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 lactating cow and how is she doing, and trying to fix a problem that could have been curbed, maybe curbed it it, it you know when she was was a calf or or even you know fresh cow whatever it may be right. Uh, you've seen a lot of changes in that over the past thirty years in the industry. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean our 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 measurement tools have gotten so much more refined. Um, our, but at the same time too, you know, our, our labor pool, our ability to actually observe some of those things is, is become, has shrunk. I mean, exponentially has shrunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's again, kind of the focus of, of one of the, you know, why I think when we talk about fresh cow interventions, we need to shift that focus back from a response that we would observe, right? Is that a blood calcium blip or is that a, you know, hey, for a couple of days she gave more milk um, to out, an outcomes-based thought process, right? Did we actually set her up to, did she make more peak milk? Did she get bred faster? Did she have less incidence of metabolic disease? Those are the kind of things, right? Again, when we talk about missing the forest for the trees, it's, we're so focused on, we want a response. We want an immediate immediate outcome from what we did and that's not the right way to put that but what we need to be thinking of is those bigger outcomes that dictate success and supporting that animal across multiple platforms not just a single nutrient absolutely that makes complete sense so in in the article that and i keep referencing this article i believe i had found it in progressive dairy um, so I yeah, think if yeah. someone was just were to Google your name and probably this title, they could find the article. But, um, <clears throat> you know, you talk about five outcomes necessary to prepare every cow for a successful 305-day lactation. Um, let's talk about those. Let's, you know, the first one you talk about, you, well, I'll just list them. My, microbiome, immunity, lactation, reproduction, sustainability. Kind of give us just a little, you know clip on each one of those and and how that factors into all this yeah yeah absolutely i mean so this this is part of our what we call prep 305 and and we've identified these five outcomes as being being somewhat universal to to dairy production as as far as their importance but 
each one may have a different level of importance based on the operation, right? It's, you know, certain operations have different challenges than, than others. And so this allows us to, to one, we've gathered so much data and so, and understand so much about what YMCP can do to benefit these animals, these fresh cows and in, in a variety of different ways. So this gives us a platform to talk about that, but then also to, to try to tailor that message to the producers based on what they think is important or what, you know, what is a priority in their operation today? You know, I, I take a moment. I think, you know, the sustainability one is, is very interesting and very compelling to me because certainly there's that aspect of, we want to make healthier cows. We want to reduce those 60 day removals with whatever fresh cow intervention we we try to offer or or not i mean ultimately the biggest goal of the farm is and where the profitability is lost is in those 60-day removals but i think it goes deeper than that right we think about how do we how do we pass that farm on to the next generation how do we make it profitable day in day out for for operation and and a big part of that is fresh cow health it always has been and it always will be and you know so when we when we overlay some of the things we understand about ymcp and helping those cows transition better and, and be more successful i think that sustainability one is really neat and but people may look at that different ways right it's 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 all based on your operation and right are you are you concerned about about animal health and immunity are you concerned about reproduction and getting those fresh cows bred back. So that's that's ultimately what PrEP 305 allows us to do. And again, those are the five broad-based outcomes that we've we really tried to tailor our, our message around. So is there, you know, if you would look at these five things, is it one of, is this one of those areas where you should really be looking hard at all five uh, equally? Or do you put any, if somebody says, you know, the way we're structured, we can only really focus on a couple things. Is there, is, is that a fair question? Is there, is there a couple of these aspects you think are even more critical or do you treat them pretty equally? I think, you know, again, it gets back to the operation, but I think one that, that is of particular interest, right, is the microbiome, you know, with some of the, the rumination monitoring technology that we have today and, and obviously that we didn't have years ago, we're, we're becoming much more aware of how changes, how cow movement, how dietary changes impact that cow from a rumination standpoint. And, and usually that's expressed in, you know, in a, in a time of rumination per day. Um, but that that to me is a really fascinating one where that's not a nutritional requirement right that's not a there's nothing in the nrc that's going to going to say hey we need to recommend that these cows get x amount of rumination hours per day um and so that's that's kind of that one as far as an outcome is really not well understood as far as how do we impact that in a positive way um, and that's, that's again, a unique proposition to YMCP, you know, having the live yeast component and, and changing the microbiome, helping facilitate good bacteria that, that are going to help scavenge oxygen and make that, that rumen much more effective at doing the fermentation tasks it's asked to. Um, those are things that we've seen repeatable effects with YMCP in, in increasing the amount of rumination time on fresh cows. 
again and again. And again, it's, it's each one of these may have a different priority for operations, but as our technology has become more advanced and as we're able to look at, look at these different parameters, certainly rumination time and, and how we affect that microbiome becomes, becomes really interesting and really profound. And, and I think a, a unique solution that we can offer with YMCP that, that, you know, a single nutrient fresh cow intervention simply wouldn't be able to. So when you're looking at this, Nathan, are you looking, is this more of a, I mean, and I'm talking about from the rumen uh, aspect, are you going to look, do, do, should I, I should say, I guess, should a dairy be thinking about this more as an efficiency or is it more of a yield increase that we're working toward or is it a combination of both? Does that make sense? Well, that's, that's an, that's an excellent question. Um, the way we think about it at, at Technix is rumination is a proxy for dry matter intake, right? Dry matter intake on a commercial farm, and it kind of goes without saying, is is almost impossible to measure on a per cow basis, right? And you've you've probably heard time and again, right, the story of the three the three diets on a farm, right? What's formulated, what's delivered, and what the cow actually eats. And and we have a great handle on two of those usually, um, but. But that cow is such a variable, right? And we're feeding always to an average, right? Average or, or what we hope she eats or projects that she should. But cows don't often read that script, you know? And and so when we look at, at minutes of rumination, we know one of the key drivers in rumination time is is feed intake. And and so what we again translate microbiome to is is that proxy for dry matter intake. And more minutes of rumination is going to yield a, a higher dry matter intake or actually vice versa, right? More dry matter intake should, should result in that cow ruminating for, for more hours per day than, than a cow that didn't have as many meals or as large a meal frequency. Um, that's, that, again, is kind of where, where we see that. And then we allow that, that cow to partition those nutrients where she needs to. You know, maybe that's to support immunity. Maybe she's fighting off an infection, that, you know, something that resulted from the birthing process. Or maybe she's going to divert that energy towards supportive lactation and productivity. Um, but ultimately, it, it, it starts with the rumen, right? It's, it's really kind of basic. It, it all gets back to we, we have to feed that feed the rumen bugs because that's what drives the cow performance yeah i absolutely love everything you're saying right now nathan because as a you know and, and i as i told you before we even jumped onto this podcast and anybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows we really try not to make this a master's choice commercial but and so my statement isn't necessarily to drive toward master's choice is to drive toward quality because as a person who is if whose product is going to be judged on cow production, there's often times where I could put the greatest silage in the world into that bunker. And if that rumen is not healthy, it's not going to matter. They might as well be feeding um, garbage. I mean, because it's not, there's no rumen health um, aspects. And so it's one of the uh, challenges that's a bit out of our hands from the feed side. But knowing that, and, and I feel like the emphasis is, is better in certain parts of the country uh, than others, but under emphasis and understanding of this is so vital. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's everything we work for, right? The, you know, 
managing the cows is one thing, but then forage management and, and trying to harvest and, and to collect that forage and put it away properly and all that, we, we try to get that right. But if we fail at any one of those levels, right, the, the chain's broken. And, you know, obviously using that, that same analogy, a chain's only as strong as its weakest link. And, and, you know, we have to do everything in our power on the cow side to make her make her ready to to receive that right to to get the benefits of of the high quality forage that we put away and and make her allow her to use it in an efficient fashion yeah she i mean the reality is dairyman if she can't do her job if we don't do our job well she cannot do her job if we don't do it well that's that's the facts absolutely so kind of kind of wrapping it up, uh, Nathan, if there was, you know, one other area that maybe maybe it maybe it was in the article and we haven't talked about it yet, or maybe it's not even in the article, but you want to say, hey, I want to make sure people think about this. Is there one other kind of area that you want to hit on real quick before we kind of shut it down here? Yeah, um, not nothing that really gets outside the the article um, to a great degree, right? It's it's just to uh, reinforce this message. It's when we think about fresh cow health, we have to think bigger than than single nutrients, right? We can we we can and we have and we've tried to use single nutrients as a proxy for fresh cow health, but largely that's that becomes very challenging, and and we haven't found a specific biomarker if you will that that will indicate hey this cow is destined for success or she's not um so you know obviously a pair of eyes and and cow management software and things of that nature are still pivotal but when if we are thinking about doing something for our fresh cows and we're going to take that that time and, and exhaust that labor resource that's so precious let's think about trying to support her on a broad broad platform you know multiple nutrient kind of supplementation try to benefit and touch on on the the rumen microbiome more than just bringing up a, a specific trace mineral level or something of that nature because ultimately right we we have nutritionists and we have we have people in place that did design a, a very good package for her and and are setting her up in a, the best way they can to be successful but we need her to access that and so if we are going to deliver some kind of, of an intervention to her to help support her, I think it would make a, a tremendous amount of sense to to look at look at a protocol or a program that that touches her on multiple platforms that that is going to help drive dry matter intake. And and ultimately, that's, you know, one of the things that Technics that, that we're really key on is is trying to to support that animal during times when she can't support herself and. YMCP is a great example of that. Um, we have several other products on the calf side that are good examples of that. But ultimately, it's it's how do we how do we come alongside her and assist her during her biggest time of stress? Perfect. Yeah, I love all of it. But um, <clears throat> well, Nathan, thank you for taking the time to jump on. I hope that the the listeners uh, get a lot out of it. I know I did. So worst case scenario, you and I got a lot out of it, Nathan. We got to meet each other. So but, we'll uh, take all the wins uh, we can get. <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent. So speaking of wins, if you want to win and you want to get more content, you see what I did there. You can actually go check us out on Facebook, 
and uh, Instagram, of course, you can check there for Master's Choice and YouTube. There's a lot of great YouTube videos. I'm going to put a plug for a special one that we just did recently of a record-breaking cow. It was a U.S. record holder that we did a video of. It's a great little video of a little dairy out in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland border, basically, um, that you should check, definitely check out. Uh, go check that out right now. Well, if you're driving, maybe not right now, but at some point, listen to it and watch it. So, Or check us out on seedcorn.com. So, with that, we're going to sign off and hope everybody has a great day. Well, that's it for today's episode of The Dairy Dive. We hope you enjoyed the new format. And if you did, we would so appreciate it if you would leave us a review. A good one, we hope. Uh, but those reviews help us increase our visibility and uh, reach more people in the dairy community. So thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.